Hey, what's going on? And welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Let's talk about life. This thing called life. This beautiful, wonderful seesaw thing called life. And all the ups and downs that it gives you. Life is just living every day. That's all it is. Uh, how you deal with it. How you cope with it. What comes at you has a lot to do with who you are. How you build your character. What you want your legacy to be how strong or how weak you are, your circumstances. Uh, But it's just life. You know what? You got to give it all in life. Never cheat. Never, ever cheat. Never lie. Never steal. If you do not need to lie, cheat, or steal to survive, and I mean to keep a roof, shelter over your head, and your belly fed, there is no reason to lie, cheat, or steal. Be as honest as you can. Be as given as you can. Never ask for anything that does not belong to you. Live life. Handle those ups and downs. There's going to be challenges. We must win and we must lose. We appreciate winning a hell of a lot more after a series of losses. It makes victory sweeter. People in your life, they're going to come and they're going to go. And they're going to come and they're going to go for various reasons. They didn't grow, you grew. You didn't grow, they grew. Distance, time, sometimes things just wear out. Now, I'm going to agree with you. You might not be at this point of your life just yet. But growing old sucks. But the juxtaposition of not going old is called death. So you can deal with the sucky parts, the pains, the aches, the things that didn't bother you in your 20s that bother you in your 50s because you're still alive and maybe you're not hospitalized. Maybe you're not uh, needing to take 500 drugs to cope and get by, but you're alive. Appreciate life. Don't live life with a bunch of regrets. You know what? I have a rule. I try to take 15 seconds before I actually speak. Like if I'm talking to somebody else so I can gather my thoughts and I don't just spurt out the very first thing that might enter my brain because it might be painful to them. It might be too real for them. It might cut them to their core and they might not deserve it. So we always going to have a series of things that we wish we could have changed or have known in our youth. But that is not the reality of life. We don't have a rewind switch on this bad boy. You got to deal with it in the day that you live and you can't even go back and fix something from 20 minutes ago. Not to tell, I mean, to tell you the God's honest truth. You just can't. So try not to re- have a lot of regrets. If you have standards, if you have integrity, you will not have a lot of regrets. You'll be actually grateful for the life that you've given. Live your life with dignity. Live your life with class. Live your life with grace and humility if you can. Help many more people than you hurt. I've said this time and time again. And just remember, it's just life, man. You live it every day. Every second you breathe, you're alive. You're living. You're part of the world. Your energy is out there. It's up to you if that energy is going to be negative. It's up to you if that energy is going to be positive. If that energy is going to help build or that energy is going to help destroy. So it's your choice. 
don't say that it's circumstances, it's God, it's the devil, it's my family, it's my addiction that are holding me back. At the end of the day, it is always you who live this life. You're responsible for this life. And I wish you the best life that you possibly could have with not a lot of worries. I hope that your belly's always full and your bank account is always uh, sustain. We can sustain you and yours. Hope you get those green lights you need and that you get those good doctor reports if that's what you're waiting for. But just remember, it's life, man. Live it. Live it to its fullest. Don't YOLO it because that's stupid. Yes, we do only have one life to live. It doesn't mean that you have to take more than you need. Just take your share. Take only what you need to sustain yourself and you will be just fine. Deal with the ebbs and flows. You will be just fine. Don't medicate pain. Okay? And I'm going to I'm going to end it right there. I don't want to beat you in the head. I just wanted to give you something to think about. And I hope hope that helps somebody. And when I listen back, the title I hope of this me. episode is Never Forget to Love Yourself. It's quite simple. It's really, really, really simple. Rest when you can rest. Rest your mind. Rest your body. Rest your stress levels. Eat healthy. Go to the doctor when your appointments are set up. Don't skip appointments. Don't think that you just have immortal health and that everything is fine. Internally, we do not get to see what's going on with our bodies. We need blood work. We need urine. We Sometimes we need x-rays. We need somebody to check. Trust a professional. If you have to shop around for a good doctor, do that. You don't have to go where your wife goes. You don't have to go where your best friend goes. Go where you're comfortable, where you feel like they take care of you, that they give you more attention than just being a billing subject, okay? Don't stress over everything. Some things are in your control. Some things are totally out of your control. How people feel, how people go about living their daily life really is not on you. You cannot stress yourself out about situations that you cannot change. Situations that you can change, be on top of those. Be constantly on top of those. Don't worry about those. I mean, you should be working on them, right? And if that doesn't work, pray if you're a spiritual person. But I always recommend that you meditate at least once or twice a day. It ain't got to be some Buddhist meditation. You don't have to have some guru or mentor. Nobody has to give you a mantra. You could just relax, breathe, focus, try to shut your brain down. But 10 minutes twice a day will do a lot for you. Trust me when I tell you. If you're ill, take care of your illnesses. Don't ignore them. You can't wish them away. Once they're there, they're there. They're real. They're as real as if you pinch yourself and you feel the pain. So you have to be on top of taking your medications you might need to exercise to work with that illness. You know what? I wish I would have heard this when I was a young man. Take only what you need. Never overindulge. That means don't overdrink, don't overdrug, don't oversex, don't overstress, don't overpound the pavement. Whatever you're doing to excess, rein it in. Have control over it. Don't let it have control over you. 
listen to your body. When your body says it needs some time off, give it the time off. If something on your body is aching and it needs to be addressed, then address it. Like I said, speak to your doctors. And remember, tomorrow is not promised. You want to have many more tomorrows. There are some people who don't want a lot more tomorrows because they're in such bad shape. But if you want more tomorrows, you have to be feeling blessed just to have today because tomorrow's not promised. And just don't forget to love yourself. If you love yourself, you will take care of yourself. I mean, if you love your car, you clean it, you wash it, you put oil in it, you make sure the tires are rotated. Don't treat your dog or your car or your children or your wife better than you would treat yourself. You might even love your profession or art or hobby that you're into. Don't give that more care than you give the temple that you live in. And that's all I really want to say. Anytime I say something to you, I'm saying something really to me to begin with. So never take it as I'm telling you what to do because I'm not ever telling you what to do. I'm just speaking about a point and trying to bring it home. Never forget to love yourself because nobody else's responsibility in this entire universe is it to love you. You might make reasons for your own mother to dislike you where she can't love you anymore, but you can always love you. Be able to look in that mirror and see a person in the other side of that mirror that you're not only proud of, that you respect, that you would want to, if they were a different person, you would want to be around. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you. And peace to now, you. Now, I'm going to say to the Netherlands, you are one dumb motherfucking country. Um, let me repeat that because I want this clear. Netherlands, you are one stupid ass fucking country. A transgender woman was crowned Miss Netherlands. We don't know if this trans transgender woman has fully went through surgery. So you can now legitimately have a Miss Netherlands who has a penis. Think about this. Miss Netherlands could have a penis. Does that make any fucking sense to you? Now, I am not against people becoming transgender, switching their sex, becoming them, they, they'll, whatever the fuck you want to be. That has nothing to do with me. But in no way, shape, or form should anybody who is having a penis be called Miss Anything. She should not. I mean, we're knocking women off the planet and enough of this bullshit. And I would like you to look at a side-by-side picture of the winner of Miss Neverland versus the second place or what they call the first runner-up. The first runner-up knocks her off the, not off the planet, but we're talking about Miss Netherlands runner-up is on Earth, and the other one somewhere on fucking Pluto. I mean, this is clearly a man playing dress-up who won a woman's contest. I mean, pretty soon, what are we just going to do? Say women aside, make up men, let these men do everything the women do, and eliminate the women. So now we could just put men in drag and have them in a WNBA. We could set up an NFL or soccer league because now if the game will be faster. We have women all over the place dunking. All you got to do is put on a fucking wig, get a weave, 
say that you consider yourself transgender and you wiping women away. You know what? A lot of these people forget their mama was a woman. Their grandmother was a woman. And it takes a biological woman to birth you. A man I was watching a documentary on Amazon Prime. And this is where the idea for this particular show comes from. Uh, The name of the documentary was Contradictions, A Question of Faith. And this was not a very good documentary. It was on the black churches in America. But there was a powerful song that was played like halfway through this documentary by a gentleman named Anthony David. And the name of the song was God Said. So it got me to thinking, got me to thinking about the song. It got me to thinking about the movie. It got me to thinking about the state of the world today and how people manipulate what they think God has said to them, how they take things out of content, how they use it for their own personal agenda, how they directly misquote scripture how they omit other passages that would actually have a turnabout or in the story of the scripture that they are trying to stand on, how they manipulate. People forget the devil can quote scripture. He knows every word of the Bible. They do this so that nothing that they do can be traced back to themselves. So they can come up with a rule of morality You know, it's not me getting angry. It's God getting angry. And remember, God only speaks to me. He does not speak to the masses. He does not speak to the general public. He's given this message to only me as though you're an apostle or prophet. That's that's nonsense. Then they use the act of forgiveness and claim that their evil is over. Because they always come back to the same thing. I am only doing what God says. I'm only repeating what God says. This is what I'm going to hide behind. This is what I'm going to stand on because it's abundance truth. Or even worse than that, this is what I've been told God said. I mean, you got to think about this. It has been used to hold down women. It has been used to hold down uh, homosexuals. It has been used to hold people in the mind of slavery. Now, I am, this is, don't get me wrong. I am not taking anything away from what God said, what the Bible says, what your Quran or Torah said. I said the manipulation of the words, the manipulation of the words. We know that in Leviticus, it says, you shall not lie with a man as with women. It's an abomination. But then they go on to say other things in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Where in this Bible verse does it say, a prerequisite. It says whomsoever or whosoever, short, tall, fat, dark, ugly, white, black, gay, lesbian, 
asexual. It does not give. The only edict that this has is believing in him. So you manipulate the slaves by telling them that they should obey their earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. This was taught to slaves to keep them in place. First, you teach them that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Then you give them Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, which tells them to be obedient. And then you sit them in a church on Sunday and you tell them that this is the only passage from the Bible you should preach from. So could you imagine slaves sitting around for two or three hours just going through the depths of obeying your earthly masters with deep respect and fear and this is all that you can have i mean you know what you got people out there who manipulating the bible that the old covenant overrules the new covenant you know i believe that the bible is a book of love it's a book of correction it's a book of uh, rules and regulations on how you should live the best possible life it's a book of hope of eternal hope that there is a life that this is not just a uh, we're just running around in circles down here like hamsters that there's actually a, a, a an ending to the story and a great ending to the story if you do the right things and you believe the right things and you follow the right things and you're taught the right things and you have the mind to discern what's right from wrong you know because love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not assist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I believe in love and I believe in the love of the scriptures i believe in the love of god i believe that loves in our hearts if we embrace it but let's never omit misquote use our own personal agendas take things out of content manipulate uh try to take the blame off ourselves by using the words of once again the quran the torah or the bible to downgrade humiliate dehumanize others when we don't tell the whole story if you use a passage find the passages that also go with what you're saying to either prove your point or actually to expound further and deeper on your point now i don't want to preach to you so i'm going to leave it right there i just want to give you something to think about because god says it's a very harsh thing to, to say to another human being and if you do it you better be right because you have to pay for the actions and the words that you speak on this planet you will be judged one day and let your judgments be true honest and fair but be true honest and fair to your brothers and be true honest and fair to your sisters and your children and your co-workers and those around you because our job is to actually mankind. I said it before. I know it's a corny line from a movie, but our business is mankind. Without okay. passion, nothing great is ever going to be accomplished.
but let's get down to the brass tacks of it. You can't even accomplish some of the small things in life without passion or sacrifice. I mean, you got to be able to give up something to get something in this life sometimes. You want to put hard work in. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what you're trying to do. You want to save money, but you don't have a lot of money that you make. You Or let's say you don't have a lot of overage after bills. You don't have a lot of overage. But you have a goal for a certain amount of bank account that you want to maintain. So that means you're going to have to sacrifice hanging out. You're going to have to sacrifice going out. You might have to downgrade your clothes wear. You know, be less designer than you normally were. And if you have a business that you want to jump off, you're really going to have to put some zeal into it. You might have to lose some sleep over redesigning, rebranding, re uh advertisement. I don't care what your goal is. You want to be a good free throw shooter, you're going to have to sacrifice time to take free throw shots over and over and over again ad nauseum. You're going to have to practice at anything that you want to do. It's got to be something that's worthwhile. That's what your passions are, something that you feel is worthwhile. And nobody can tell you what that is. I love the golf. I try to do as much golf as I can when I'm able. So that means that I spend time at the driving range, not just the golf course, but at the driving range to work on aspects of my game. Sure, it takes me time. It takes me energy. It costs me money. It costs me time that I could be doing something else, but this is a passion in my life. So that energy that you spend means a lot. And how much enthusiasm do you put into whatever it is that you want to accomplish? That will also show you what you'll get back. You know, life is a give to get kind of thing. You can't just take. You got to put into the soil some seeds or they will not will, will grow if you just dig a hole in the ground, cover that hole back up in the ground, water that hole. Is anything going to grow out of that hole? No, you got to plant the seed. You are that seed. Your passion is that seed. I mean, understand that some of these sacrifices might be painful. They might cost you some precious time with your loved one. So that's why you got to make sure it's truly a passion and not a waste of time. It's got to be something that you truly, truly want with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your determination, with all the energy that you have. To be able to also go about living the life that you normally used to live in, but just at a cutback scale. And there are no uh there are no absolutes, okay? There's no absolutes. Some people get lucky enough to find their passion, have people fund their passion, have people back their passion, have people work towards their passion for them. But the average Joe citizen is not going to have already built in network the average person is going to have to build the network going to have to build the brand they're going to have to build brass roots you know the super rich with the brass spoon they have that network in place they don't really have to worry about that but i'm talking to us who are grassroots people and i wish you the best with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish if it's just like i said have a better body uh, get a degree, be better at a game or hobby, save money, 
lose weight. I don't know what it is. I don't look down on any of it. I wish you the very best, but let your passion, let your heart, your determination, your soul be in it. Make sure that you are planting that seed. I said that before and I say it again, that loose dirt with nothing but water and sunshine is just going to be a hole with wet dirt and sunshine. You need to plant that seed in the ground. About what I think, about why I say life is shorter than you really think. As far as I'm concerned, life is broken into three parts for the most part. Now, this does not come into play or take into account people who are born with afflictions, people who are born with some kind of mental deficiency where they can't grasp things as normal people, people who are physically unable to perform basic tasks. This is for people who are, for the most part, healthy body. And the first stage of life is, as you know, it would be birth. I call those the parent and grandparent years because you're not really conscious of anything that's going on. You are alive. You're living. You're eating. You're breathing. You're laughing. You're enjoying. But those are memories, for the most part, we do not maintain. If you're blessed enough to remember what she was doing at three years old, I guess it's a blessing and a curse because you remember going to the bathroom on yourself. You remember soiling yourself. You remember not being able to speak proper English or whatever your first language may be. But for the most of us, those were years that went by and we were really unconscious of anything. We couldn't read. We couldn't write. You know, we couldn't, all the things that we take for granted, we couldn't really feed ourselves, move things that had any weight. Those were those years. Then there were the formative years. And that's when you came into your conscious. When you're conscious, some of the things that you can still remember today, the first time you did this, the first time you ate that. And this is all the way up to what I would call your final stage. Your final stage is when you don't do things as well as you once did things. You're not physically as strong as you used to be. Those black hairs are now totally gray. And I'm not talking to the premature gray people here. You're a little slower. You're a little heavier. You're starting to think about mortality. During those formative years, mortality barely ever crosses your mind. Now, this is now that I stated what I think are the three aspects, this is how you got to go about making this thing called life livable, palatable, where you don't have regrets, where you don't feel like you left out on anything. Love, live, forgive, dream while you still have a chance to dream and make some dreams come true. Never let a day go by where you don't learn something. Well, you don't use those ears that God gave you to listen to something, listen to somebody. Do a very small word. A lot of people like to talk about stuff, but they don't put it into action. So do some things while you're breathing, while you're alive, do some things. A thing that we probably all are guilty of We didn't savor the time. We didn't savor the moment while they were happening in our formative years. And so 
you get older and you start regretting. You start wishing that you had did this different, wishing that you did that different. See, but life is not about playing the past. It's about living in today and setting yourself up for the future. If you're alive, you still have time to mess up. You can still mess up because you can improve upon whatever it is that you're messing up on. Be a help. Be a blessing to somebody else's life, not just your own life, but be a blessing into somebody else's life. I don't care what plant you sow, what seed you sow into somebody. It could be knowledge. It could be experience. It could be a pitfall that you fell in that you could teach somebody not to go in. Let things go. As you get older, you figure out that some things are just not that important to hold on to to get heart problems, headaches, ulcers over nonsense. Spend your time wisely as you get older. Actually, you should spend your time wisely in your youth so that you don't waste a lot of time, energy, and effort on things that are mundane that really do not matter at the end of the day. You might suffer for it down the line. Enjoy. Enjoy every single moment that you can enjoy because one day you might be in pain constantly. And when you're not in pain today, be be thankful. Be thankful that you're not in pain. Be thankful that you're not suffering, that you don't have pains, ills, and hurts, you know. Cut the crap out. Anything that you can cut out of your life that you consider crap, garbage, extra baggage, Move on and get rid of it. And just to contradict myself, contradict myself wholly. Life is shorter than you really think. No, we get enough time. Unless something tragic happens to you. And tragedies will happen to human beings all the time. And that is the God's honest truth. We cannot protect ourselves against tragic events happening in life. There's car accidents, some crazy murderer. You never know. And I'm not wishing that upon anybody. But for the most part, we get enough time to do some of the things that I said. If you just take the time, slow it down. I mean, just like I said, dream, forgive, love, live, enjoy, do, savor, mess up, improve, help somebody, be a blessing, let things go. Spend your time wisely and cut the crap. There's always enough time in life to do it. And then at the end of the day, you could have said when you're a real old person, when your time has come, that you did it right, that you lived life right. And that's all I really wanted to say about that subject. Uh, Life is shorter than you really think is not a horror story. It really isn't. Sometimes we need We are human beings. We're not here forever. What's your quality of life if you live to 125? Have you ever asked yourself that? What would be your quality of life if you live to a certain age and everybody that you've ever known or ever cared about you was no longer here and you had to rely on strangers to eat, to bathe, to be moved in and out? You know what? I never say or welcome death. But I know it's inevitable. I know that one day it will knock on my door and it will not give me a choice. It will say, come with me screaming and hollering or you go silently in the night. 
Now, I don't know what choice I'll make at that particular time. I really don't because everything after this is a mystery. I have no clue, and I'm not here to tell you that I have a clue. I didn't look at this from a a position of uh, being too intellectual. I just looked at this issue from being a human being and sometimes being a human being is enough to explain now this is not a fantasy program i'm not going to pretend that i can look back into time so we're not even going to deal with that type of nonsense because you can't change what's been done you can have forgiveness for what's been done you can ask somebody to correct you on something that's taken in place in the past, but the past is that. It has already been living. That is time that is already spent. It's off the clock. So we are moving forward with if I could. Now, if I could are all things that I could possibly do, and maybe you will agree or disagree. Maybe they will add something to your life or make you think about some things that you haven't been thinking about. I like to plant seeds. If I plant a little small seed in somebody's brain, including my, one of the things I'm going to have to learn to do for myself is not be so hard on me. I am very hard on myself. When I make errors, when I make mistakes, especially if I repeat them, I beat myself up. That's just a part of my nature. I want to be perfect. I'm not a robot. I'm far from perfect, but I would like to do things with a manner of precision. Uh, That's the way I try to live my life. I've always tried to live my life. Maybe that's due to me in my youth having pretty bad OCDs. So, you know, things had to be lined up. Things had to be marked correctly. It had to be done the same way all the time. There was no room for doing things in a different manner. But if I could, I would try to stop being so hard on myself. And maybe you should learn to do the same thing also. I would learn to relax a little bit more and not have so many strict, unbreakable rules in my life. I have rules in my life that are strict. They are written in stone and they cannot be broken. Some of them are for my well-being and some of them are to my own detriment. I understand that. But it is hard to change things that have made you at your core, the person that you have been your whole life. I do not gossip. I do not spread rumors about people. Those are the kind of rules that I will not break. Maybe I could be a little bit more lenient and maybe have somebody in flip-flops around me, especially of the male variety. But as of now, you can't come in my home. You can't come in my car. Uh... I don't even want to talk to you if I see your bare feet and you're a male. So you know what? Maybe I I should lack up on some of my silly rules that I have. But the rules that make me the core person that I am, make me what I consider to be a decent human being, I can keep those intact. And maybe you're a person who has a lot of rules and regulations and you need to, you know, justify them not only with yourself, but you have to justify them with your intelligence do they make sense in this day and age or are they antiquated? Something that you can let go of. I have very high expectations and maybe in some situations I should lower my expectations because everybody's not going to be like me. A lot of things that fly for me won't fly for other people. So I have to learn to not put myself in 
other people's brains. They can't, I can't live there and they can't live in mine. So that's something that I also should work on. I wish that I could turn my brain off at times. I mean, literally stop thinking. I am like a all day, every day, even when I'm sleeping, I have thoughts that are running through my brains about what I have to do, what I need to do, what I want to do all the time. It just never, ever, ever stops. And maybe you're like that. And I'm a person who meditates and it still does not stop. But this is just one of the things if I could, I would do. I would flick the brain off and let it just float into space every once in a while and not think so much. I also would like to stop thinking about what my opposition or my opponents out in the world are doing. I've always looked upon that at work, at school, when you're playing sports. I'm not saying an opposition is somebody that's trying to kill you, somebody's trying to destroy you, somebody's trying to wreck you, but you are in competition, not only with yourself, but you are also in competition with other people who are in the world. And I would like to stop thinking about what they're doing and just focus on what I'm doing. One of the biggest things that I would really like to do is have more trust in God. I say, okay, doc, you one of those lunatics who believe in God. Yes, I am. I'm a person who believes in God, but I would like to be able to trust God in all manners, all shapes, and all forms, and every aspect of my life, where I don't take control, but I let God take control of the ship. I let him steer the wheel, and I become the co-passenger. And so far, for the most part, I've always rebuked the idea of God. It wasn't until really recently that I started to address this into my own brain that a God does exist, that there's a power higher than myself, and I'm not going to cheapen it by just calling it a higher power, karma, or the universe. I'm going to put a name to it. I'm going to put it as God Almighty. And if it's Almighty, I should be able to trust anything that is Almighty that has my well-being at stake. Uh, you know what? I, if I could, I would lose all my self-importance. I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that I am less than zero. I am basically a nothing and I am a nobody. Uh, nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me a response. Nobody owes me a viewership. Nobody owes me uh, a subscriber. Nobody owes me a dollar. If I didn't loan somebody something personally and we made an agreement that they were going to repay me, I'm not going to let my ego get in the way, kill my ego. I'm into feeding my spirit and killing my ego at all costs. I don't need to be an ego-driven person. You don't need to know how much a piece of clothing on my back costs. I'm not a flashy person with a lot of jewelry. Yeah, I got tattoos here, there, but I, I'm, it's not like I'm flaunting them. They're part of my skin. But you know what? I don't over gold. I don't over uh, jewelry wear. I don't do things like that. So I don't have a big, huge ego. And like I said, nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me friendship. Nobody owes me the time of day. So I always appreciate when somebody takes the time out of their life to listen in to what I have to say because you don't have to do it. And, and I don't do this because I'm ego-driven. I don't do this because I have some arrogance that I have something more to give than the next person. 
because the next person might not, they might have a lot more to give, but they might not be giving anything. So I at least tried to give some things. I'm sure there's a lot more if I coulds that I could put on the list, but I didn't want to go all day about if I could. I just want you to think about what could you say to yourself if you could without living in the fantasy world of going back in time, only dealing with the present and the future. Leave the fantasy of rewinding the clock, which you cannot do. No human being has the ability to relive even five minutes ago. You can think about it. The feeling that you even had five minutes ago has dissipated to some degree right now, unless it is so traumatic that you're going through something. And do not say, reach out for help ASAP. Cut this podcast off. Do not collect gold. Do not collect $200. I mean, do not pass gold. Do not collect $200 and go get yourself some help instantaneously. Okay. And I wish you the best with that, but let's Let's work on ourselves. Do the best that we can to work on ourselves, become better people. And if you think about if I could, that's a part of if you could becoming a better human being. If you could be a better human being, then every neighborhood would be a better neighborhood and all the people would be more neighborly and more loving towards each other. And it'd be a much better world. Now, I know that's a fantasy that will never come to reality, but I can dream. And I like to dream big. See, that's one of those if I could, I won't take away. I want to dream as big as possible. I don't believe in dreaming small because if you dream small, what's lower than small? Minuscule? And now you have nothing. But if you dream huge, if you dream big and you fall short of your dreams, at least you still fall in a a mid-level of success and that's all i'm going to say well, about that the time i'm going to show into the regular and it's clearly where you where you getting your religion or slash spiritual teachings this is not a religious podcast i am not a preacher i'm not here to preach to you but when a topic comes to my mind I go into it. I get into it. It does not make a difference what that topic is. I'm trying to build something up here where we use our brains to think about some things that we are involved in, if you are involved in them. So I'm not going to judge at all now, but I, me stating that this is not a religious podcast, I have to start with three Bible verses to kind of pour the concrete for where I'm getting at, Okay. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Then 2 Timothy 2.7, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And then 1 John 4.1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So that's repeating 1 Corinthians 14, 33, 2 Timothy 2, 7, 1 John 4, 1. So that is the foundation and groundwork. Now let's get into briefly what some of the difference between religious and spiritual teachings. Both religion and spiritual teach that there is more to the universe than meets the eye. There's more to life than the physical body. Both agree that the non-physical, there are non-physical elements to the universe and to our existence, 
and that unless we consciously connect with them, we will never be fully fulfilled in life. Now, the core difference between religion and spirituality is that religion presents itself as a set of beliefs, sometimes dogma with holy men or holy women as intermediaries between you and the spirit realm. In contrast, spirituality promotes individual autonomy in defining and connecting to spirit as it fits your heart and mind, meaning you can a la carte spirituality. You can blend spirituality with religious teachings and spirituality and still feel spiritual. Now, religion does not allow you as much leadway with spirituality because they're not going to tell you to have a guru or mentor or anything of that nature. Once again, I am not judging because here's the bottom line. You're never too young to learn and you're never too old to change. Anyone can preach, but you have to figure out what are they preaching? Are you going to a YouTube preacher, a televangelist? And I have nothing wrong with televangelists. Now I have to pre I have to put a prerequisite on this. Televangelist, you might be a shut-in. You might be somebody who can't drive right now. You might be somebody because of your health, you can't get out and go to a religious church. Or you can't meet with a pastor or group or Bible study. So there's nothing wrong per se with listening to a televangelist or televangelist slash podcast religious show. Do you get your teachings from a guru? Do you get your teachings from a pastor? Do you go to a church-affiliated religious college? Now, if you go to a religious college, more than likely they are going to have an agenda. A theological seminary is going to have an agenda. Divinity schools, for the most part, are going to have an agenda. You need to figure out what they are teaching and how it fits into your life. Now, do you get your religion from just word of mouth that's been passed down through your family? Uh, do you make up your own ideas about what the Bible may say and you've never fully read it? Uh, reading and comprehension goes back to Timothy 2, 7. You will get understanding if you read and comprehend, if you study and meditate on the word. There will be no confusion about what is being said. Do you go to group discussions or Bible studies? Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to show yourself to be approved. You are going to have to study for yourself. If you are sitting in a church, a religious group, a Bible study, or even a podcast or televangelist, and you are not writing down verse and chapter and going back to make sure that what has been said to you is of God and not that man or woman in the suit with their own agenda, this is not a trust me type deal. Religion and spirituality is not about trusting the speaker. They have to show themselves to be trustworthy by you going back and actually looking up what they said and put it in the context that it's supposed to be in. Okay, can they break it down more than you can? More than likely. But first of all, 
Are they speaking English? If the preacher, if you're going to any church, and I don't care who I offend right now, if you go to any church and the preacher starts off speaking what is your language, so let's just make for argument's sake, you speak in English, because if you listen to me, you hear me in English. And then midway through the sermon, all you hear is, hmm, then he's no longer speaking English. He's no longer teaching you anything that is discernible. You need to remove yourself from that place because you have now got into theatrics. You are no longer in a place of learning. You are no longer in a place of edification. You are no longer in a place where you can actually take something and work with what is being taught from the pulpit. Because we all know, like I said before, anybody can preach, anybody can get a microphone, go to any street corner without any teaching whatsoever and just start saying whatever they want to say. If nobody actually looks back and says, what is this man or woman getting at? Where are they trying to tell me something verse and chapter? It's all right to challenge your minister, your Bible study partner, verse and chapter. Uh, You know what? If you're going to deal with the Bible, deal with it as the sword that it is. Don't look for this thing to be a feather when it's actually a sword. Is there going to be some damning things in there that's going to come at you? If you are real about looking into getting yourself religiously or spiritually proper, there are going to be things that you literally need to kill. Let me repeat that. We, you need to kill about yourself so that the other parts of you can come out. You can't hold on to both worlds. If you're going to deal with this, you'd be better off leaving this completely alone than to deal with this in a playful type manner. Take it as real as anything that you ever dealt with before in your life. You know? And like I said, I will never judge another person. I will never judge another person. Now, these churches, some of them are doing foolishness. They're leading people down uh, bad paths, giving them bad uh, ways to go about even getting their lives together. They don't spend any time correcting. They don't mind how you come what you do when you get there. I seen a video yesterday on YouTube that was quite disturbing. Yeah, YouTube was quite disturbing. You would see some young men in Atlanta, Georgia, and they were actually doing, I guess, a praise rap song in church. But these dudes were shirtless. What church do you know where young men are performing shirtless with smoke? There was literally smoke and strobe lights going on behind him. I couldn't tell if I, if you turned the volume down on the song, you couldn't tell if this was a rap concert or if this was a church uh, environment. You definitely would have picked rap concert first. So just be careful where you get your religious and spiritual teachings. You just, you know what? Go back and listen to this again. I'm sure there's some things in here that I said that made perfect sense. Well, there's no perfect. I'm not perfect. So let me uh, let me apologize to you and let me uh, take my ego out of this. There were some things that maybe you could think about in your life as it goes with what you're being taught, especially when you're just taking things word of mouth, 
taking things that are passed down and you're not going back to actually double check. You have the right to double check. It never does it say that you should not go back and see what the man or woman of God is telling you. And if it's coming from them or is it coming from the word of the book itself? The book is the law. It is already perfect. It doesn't need to be uh, interpreted in a way that is not meant to be. And you know what? I want to just move on for that. I just like to plant a seed before I start every show about some kind of topic. And if I don't talk about anything at all, it's not worth me picking up this mic and speaking to you. Because then I would have wasted your time and wasted my time. And that's not what it's about. And I wish you the very best in your journey. I wish your journey has as little bumpy roads and that whatever you're looking for, is also in accordance with what God wants to bless you with so that you can get out of this world everything that you need with as little pain and suffer as possible. But if you do get a, end up on a rocky road, don't lose your faith, okay? Don't lose your faith. I am free. We'll get to what that is right now. I am free just means that I speak freely. And the reason that I can speak freely is I'm a GDI type person. You know, I hate to use the term goddamn, but goddamn independent. Um, I have to start off by saying that any club that would allow me membership, any club that would allow me membership, I don't think I would like to be a member of that club. And I have maintained this kind of demeanor my whole entire life. Now, this is, quote unquote, a term accredited to Groucho Marx, but it does resonate with me and my life. And just to let you know what I mean by that, I cannot be a member of any kind of club. I could not be a frat brother. I could not. Uh, first of all, they would have a doctrine that you would probably have to adhere to. I can't imagine somebody telling me that I should love and care about another individual who I might not like just because we've been through some common shared things. I could not love anybody who abused me. If there was any hazing involved, and that's not a chance that I was willing to take to be hazed, I was offered a chance to pledge when I went to NYU, but I chose not to. I could not be in any brotherhood. I could not be a member of any lodge. I could not be a member of any uh, Masonic temple. I could not be in a gang because they have rules and regulations that are here and going to give you codes, languages, and things where there's no freedom within that gang. I can't be a member of a church. There's a doctrine, there's a leader. And after a while, you're no longer free. Now I'm going to go back to all of these. Frat, clubs, brotherhood, churches. You are going to use terminology that was fed to you by the leadership. And it's going to start, you're going to start saying things like pastor said, big brother told me. And this is going to be a part of your daily speech. And you are no longer free. You are actually beholding to the person and you put them in a position where they are your leader and your teacher. Now, I do believe in a street code. I believe in a hood code. I believe that they exist. 
but do you have to adhere to every word of it? No, I'm free to know right from wrong. I know when somebody is doing wrong and I judge them accordingly. It doesn't mean that I speak to the law or anything like that. No, but I know right from wrong. I thank God I've never had to be a member of NA or AA. They have a, you know, a point program that people seem to spout these cliches as though they're life and death. I could not do that. I have no true political affiliation, especially in this day and age. I judge each candidate on their merits because you got the Republicans and you got the Democrats. And it seems like it's it's red and blue it's bloods and crips. And it's ridiculous. I don't believe in gurus at all. I don't believe that you need a guru to learn to do something as simple as meditate. Uh, so dogma is not a part of my life. I make sure that when I speak, I try to speak for me. I don't speak for anybody else. And see, that's freedom. Now, the club that I am a member of and most proud to be a member of and the only club that I will ever be a member of is society. And when you're a member of society, you try to do the best that you can to just be a good person. You know what? Uh, I try to keep myself uncut. I try to be deal in realness because it's my life. And to a certain degree, it's my rules. Do I understand and abide by the Ten Commandments? I do the best that I can. I don't cover what you have. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to steal from you. I don't want to bear false witness. I do I've always honored my parents. So I do the best that I can to live within that parameter. I am not an elitist. That is not why I cannot be in a club. It's not because I'm elitist. I'm better than anybody. I'm the worst of the worst. And that's why I said any club that would have me, I'm not willing to have them. So it's, 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 it has nothing to do with me thinking that I am better than some club. These people... Some of these clubs save lives, and I understand that. But everybody can't be the same. We all can't hold to the same standards. And I cannot abide by standards that tells me to do things that go against my nature. And to tell me that I have to love somebody for no apparent reason is against my nature. I'm a calculated person. I think about who that person is to me what kind of harm or help that they want to be to me. And then I evaluate them. I don't evaluate people on color. I don't evaluate people on their educational status, their financial status. I actually judge a person by the content of their character. It's a hard thing to do, and a lot of people don't do it. And I consider that to be free. That means that I have freedom. I have freedom of choice when it comes to individuals, peoples, nationalities, music, my likes and dislikes. And I think that a lot of people should take the time to really say to themselves, how free am I? If you are quoting another human being all day long, now I'm not saying don't quote your good book. Quote your good book as much as you possibly can. You might edify somebody. But if you're quoting 
speak and elder, big brother. You're not even speaking for yourself anymore. You have lost yourself inside the words of another human being. And for that, I say that you are in a form of bondage and you need to find a way to release yourself from that form of bondage. ASAP. So now let's move on with the regular word. I, think I have a message that I'm trying to get across. I think that it's a very important message. This is not a religious podcast. I deal with news, sports, entertainment, things that are going on in my life and things that are going on in the world. But over the last month, my heart has told me to deal with some subjects that do involve the church. Uh, so I have to speak on it. I watch a lot of YouTube. A lot of what I see out there is quite troubling. And so I want to give a little insight from an outside perspective, not an insider, but an outsider's perspective, why I think that you should get up and walk out. I am not saying the church, but I'm saying one of the churches. If you are in a church that is doing anything that I am getting ready to talk about, you need to protect yourself and run as fast as you humanly possibly can out of this church. Get up and walk out. Now, if you're a member of the Latter-day Saints, you should automatically, especially if you're a black person, you should not even be involved with them. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, they have doctrines, they have codes, they have things that they have said about black people over the last century that's an abomination and you should not be associated with them at all. Uh, polygamy automatically disqualifies it from being a church. Some guy who finds a book in 1800 and something automatically disqualifies it. If you are a Jehovah's Witness, would they teach you that if it's not in the watchtower, it's not biblical or something that you should be concerned with? I am saying to get up and get out of there also. Excommunication should not, free will should not be a crime. And any church that has a free will system where you are now excommunicated because you don't believe or go by their bylaws automatically means get up and get out. So when you get up and get out, I'm not saying make a scene, draw attention to yourself, act like you're going to the bathroom. Hit the door. I don't care if it's your woman's church, your sister's church, your mama's church. You're there visiting with a friend. You need to be brave. The first thing that you have to do is you have to protect your soul. See, because you have to think about this. When you get up and walk out, the fact is that you can be doing a preacher favor by sometimes getting up and walking out of his preaching. The first thing you think about also is, does God exist to you? If God exists to you, then there comes rules and regulations in his teachings that won't allow you to listen to special things. Uh, there are certain, I mean, certain things. And we know for a fact, and I'm, I hate generalizing. Generalizing is not a good thing to do, so I apologize beforehand. Most people do not read the Bible for themselves. Everything they get is through hearsay, it's from the pulpit, it's from fellow members, 
it's passed down as uh, it's passed down through the generations. Mama told you because her mama told her, and they could have the passage wrong. They could have a wrong meaning to the word. Now, before I even get deep into this, if your pastor or the deacons are proudly displaying Masonic temple seals on their car or rings on their fingers, get up and walk out of that church. Because anybody who claims to see the light or have the light and cannot share it freely with others, I mean, they're actually holding back the light they believe that they have from other people when the whole purpose of the church is to edify and to point people in a direction of the light. Something's wrong with that. There should be no secret societies within the church at all. None. Your pastor shouldn't be talking about his frat at all. He should not be talking about being a member of any secret society from that pulpit at all. He shouldn't be a member at all. So let's start with the little God theory. If you go to a church where your preacher is telling you that every member of the church is a little God, get up and get out. No, you're not a little God at all. You're not a God in any sense, form, or imagination. Can you make wind? Can you make water? Can you make a day? Can you make a minute? Can you do anything God-like? In any manner, shape, or form, are you perfect? So you're not a little God. There are no little gods. You are more of a, you're a planet. I would agree that each human being is a planet because on us are millions and billions of cells and atoms and mites and hairs and things like that that actually live because we live. So in a way, we are like a planet, but that does not make us a god. If you go to a church where you can name it and claim it, get up and get out. There is nothing biblical that says that you can just name it and claim it. That is motivational speaking. That is not biblical. Uh, any church service or any church that charges you a mission for any program, I don't care if it's a concert, I don't care if it's a guest preacher, get up and get out of that church. The word of God is free. It is free to all. And if those singers are really there performing a concert in the name of God and for God himself, those concerts should be free. A lot of people sincerely chase after God with all their heart and all their soul. And they're being used by these name and claim it preachers. And I feel horrible for them. God does not compromise. So if your pastor is preaching certain things that go against biblical teaching, get up and get out. Remember the same today, tomorrow, and forever. There is no changing in God. He doesn't change his demeanor. It's not like a new suit he puts on. It's not like it's a, a new thought pattern. Okay, we entered 2023. We're in a new millennium or whatever. Now I'm a different God. This is the way I feel about homosexuality. This is the way I feel about women preachers. No, if it was written then, it's written now, and it'll be written forever. If you're in a church 
where the pastors, the deacons, or whoever seem to possess special powers, meaning superhuman strength, or they can wave their hand and people fall out in mass. Get out. Any form of heresy preached from the pulpit means run out the door. If the gospel was being destroyed by the speaker, get out of the door. If your pastor preaches, we are the only people on the planet who have the proper message, that is a sign that you need to get up and walk out the door. This is freely passed out. There is no special person who has the only message. Catholics, with a pope, get away from that. Get away from that completely. I mean, I guess, you know, I was born and raised Catholic. But, you know, as over the years, I've found out that that's one of the worst religions and one of the worst churches to actually go to. Now, if you think about it, the Ten Commandments, even the most lay person I've heard of the Ten Commandments, the Second Commandment clearly states against all those statues and crosses and all that nonsense that's there. And they don't even respect that, the second commandment. If you go to a church that has a lot of mass hysteria, what I mean by mass hysteria, Sister Jones in pew four catches the Holy Ghost, and it goes through the aisle, through the next pew, through the next pew, through the next pew, and they're all doing the same thing. That's mass hysteria. See, churches sometimes use boo lighting mixed in with emotional music. That's called the power of suggestion. If you feel that you're in a church that's using power of suggestion to get a response, get out of that church. Let's not forget, we're going to go right back to the beginning. Do everything that you can do to protect your soul. It takes being brave. There were no punks in the Bible. Okay? There were no punks in the Bible. Even the people who went against God, took that took courage to do that. So don't be a coward in a pew, okay? If you have an overly flamboyant, quiet director, you need to get out of that church. What pastor would allow that? What pastor would allow an effeminate choir director to lead his choir and sing songs of praise unto the Lord? If your pastor is speaking in tongue for long periods of time and then commanding that you do also, that is fake. He does not have the power to bless you with the ability to speak in tongues. He cannot do that. He is not the Holy Spirit. And first of all, if he's speaking in tongues and nobody's interpreting the tongues, what is the purpose of long-term speaking in tongues? Now, a perfect example of this is, Go online, go to YouTube, and look at Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland speaks in tongues as though he's having conversations with other pastors on stage. I mean, they're laughing, they're joking while speaking in tongues and never interpreting a word of what they just said to their audience. That is uh, theatrics. Um, okay. If you have a church that preaches, you can buy God's favor. If you just get $4,000, all your cares, your worries, your home, your health will be taken care of, 
get out of that church. God is not for sale. God is not for sale. There is no designated healing time in the church. Okay? If there is a healing to be done, it is a miracle from God, and it will happen. But there's no way that you just have the piano player play, the preacher preach, and then he goes, everybody who's feeling such and such, come down the aisle, and I'll lay hands and heal you. It does not work that way. If your pastor never offends anybody, he never preaches an offensive sermon that cuts people because his job is to get people to repent, not to feel good, not to sing, dance, clap, and have the time of their life. This is not a club. This is not a motivational speaker. You want to see a motivational speaker? Go see one of those guys that's all over YouTube. I'm sure the information is on YouTube, Instagram, X, or whatever you want to call it, Facebook. You can find those, but that's not church. If you're pastor is into theatrics like i said walking on money uh four people get on my back and i can hold them up that's theatrics get out of there any form of idolatry in your church says you need to leave your church if your pastor dresses inappropriate now i'm i know it's come as you are and you know what some people can't afford to put on two, three, four, five hundred dollar suits. And there's no way that I think that it says that you have to. But this inappropriate uh, dress and this appropriate dress, this very worldly dress, and then there's conservative dress. Let your teacher be a more conservatively dressed teacher. He doesn't need to have six gold chains, two diamond earrings, a Rolex watch, just showing you that look at me and look at you. If they're mixing world music with church music, get out of the church. It's supposed to be a difference. It's supposed to be a holy experience that is outside the world, better than the world, an example to the world. If he's preaching and there's no verse and chapter mentioned, and he's just shooting off the top of the head like I am doing right now with nothing to back it up, get out of that church. If your church never, ever mentions judgment, only hope, positively, positivity, and blessings, you need to get out of that church. Anything that you can concretely say is hypocrisy or any kind of hypocrisy in the lifestyle of your pastor, if you know that he's blatantly or she's blatantly lying to you, and you can prove it without a shadow of a doubt, get out of that church. Are they giving you motivational advice, or are they giving you holy spiritual advice? You need to figure out the difference between the two. That's why chapter and verse is so important. If they have celebrity guest preachers who are regular lay people, I know people like to be around celebrities, but at the end of the day, I'm going to let you know, I have met over, I would say, 300 to 350 so-called people who are considered celebrities. They are just people if you get a chance to talk to them. Okay, they might have more popularity. They might have more money. They might have a fan base. 
But at the end of the day, you cut them, they bleed. They use the bathroom just like you. They have to brush their teeth or their breath will stink. They are just like you, just more popular. Question all your teaching. If you cannot question the teaching that is coming from the bishop, the deacon, or the pastor, you need to leave that church. You should never hear a preacher, a bishop, or a pastor tell you, I told you so, and that's good enough. It is not good enough because you're protecting your soul. He's not protecting your soul. Your responsibility is to protect your own soul. Test everything and test it with Bible. Test it with the Bible. Don't take just the word of man's voice. I mean, you can respect him if you feel like he deserves respect. You can listen to him if his teachings have been a blessing upon your life. But that still does not mean that you don't test him. I believe that verse and chapter is so important in every service because now you get to figure out, is that person talking for themselves or is that person talking for God? The whole purpose of church is not just a social place. It's a place to learn. It's an institution of higher learning of biblical studies. And it's very important. So be careful and don't be afraid that you have to get up and walk out. I will never tell you to get up and walk away. Do not get up and walk away from the institution of the church, but get up and walk away from a church that is not uh, doing what it's supposed to be doing as far as spreading the message. And you know what? I'm not, I didn't tell you anything about any hurt feelings. I didn't tell you anything about it. You don't like this person. You don't like that person. You don't feel like you get enough attention because I think that's nonsense. I think that you could sit in the back of the church for 45 years. And if that church is feeding you, I didn't say placating you. I didn't say anything about building you up because sometimes you have to be torn down completely. You have to be stripped. And that's what the word a sword does not uh, a sword does not uh, pamper you. It cuts you, and it cuts you deeply. And you know what? Steel sharpens steel. You do not sharpen a, a steel with a feather. There is no such thing as sharpening a steel sword with a feather. It cuts through that. So be the feather in the beginning until you can become the steel, where you can be able to hear a verse and know what it means on your own without having to have somebody break that down for you. This way, when nonsense comes at you, you have the ability to fight back. And I'm not saying be argumentative. Don't be nasty. Like I said, you can clandestinely leave a church anytime that you choose to. You can you don't even have to spread rumors or say, hey, sister, whatever, this is why I'm out of there. No, you're not trying to drag other people because they might feel that nothing's wrong. But then if you want to explain, be able to explain and use the most powerful tool you have in the entire world to explain yourself. And it's called the Bible. Because let me just break this down for you real quick. The greatest man in history, he had no servants, yet he was called master. He had no degree, yet he was called teacher. 
He had no medicines, yet he was called healer. He had no washing line, yet he hung on a cross. He had no military, yet kings feared him. He had no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no sin, yes, he was crucified. And they buried him in a tomb, yet he lives today. He is the only person to say goodbye to death in a grave, but he lives forever. His name is King Jesus. Every tongue eventually will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So be very careful. If it's not about Jesus Christ, if it's not about God, what is it really about? What are you at church for? Okay? So we're going to move on to the regular show now. Be safe out there. Stay hydrated out there. Enjoy yourself if you're going to a cookout, a parade, or whatever you're doing. Just have a good Labor Day. Enjoy having a long three-day weekend. And if you got to travel, travel sober, especially if you're behind the wheel of a car. And we're going to go back to basics here for this episode. We're going to deal with what's going on in the world. We're going to deal with what's going on in the news. We're going to deal with some sports. We talk very little bit about life, television, and some music. I ain't got no knowledge to kick to you this episode. I ain't got no special topic or subject matter that I'm trying to get across. We so just want to talk I want to deal show. with something. What is said about what bothers me? What raised me up? What do you mean by that? See, let's get something straight. I'm not a sociopath. I'm definitely not a psychopath. I'm not a narcissistic. I'm just secure in who I am. I need no value whatsoever i can take or leave criticism now i look at it this way if you get raised up too much by what people say they could be blowing smoke up your ass it could be false fake praise it could be something that is not even real okay if you slander my name and i truly know who i am i do it doesn't matter you can call me whatever you want to call me how does it change my basic health? How does it change my finances? How does it change how I go about living my life? Because at the end of the day, human being is not going to do that standing trial. I allow people to believe whatever they want to believe about me because I'm just not really that concerned with what people think about me. It's my actions, my patterns. You know, people could lie with their words all day, but your patterns will show who you truly are. And if you're a decent person, patterns will show decency. If you are a vile person, your patterns will show vileness. And that is what it is. I try not to speak on people who are not in the room. I do a podcast, but I pride myself on not gossiping. I pride myself on not spreading rumors about people. I talk about things that are in the news. I try to do the very best that I can to confirm everything that comes out of my mouth or I state it's just an opinion. It's a basic opinion. I don't talk about who wore what, who's in rehab. I never talk about who's dating who. Uh, I don't do, even talk about who, what woman is a hot woman versus a not hot woman. I don't get involved in that kind of minutia. Strange Talk with Doc is not your podcast for that. If you want somebody who's just going to gossip and 
spread rumors and innuendos and slander people's name. There are a million other shows that you could tune into. A million other shows. I try to take my ego out of subjects and situations where I don't interject my ego. I, I use real life situations and scenarios to figure out what it is that I'm doing, where I'm going wrong, where I'm heading in the right direction. And that allows me to, you know, it allows me to really conduct myself as a grown man in all situations. I am a fully formed grown ass man. So I don't conduct myself ever as a child, a young man or a teenager. Those days have passed me by. I am not nosy. I don't ask about people who I don't see in my life. I try to keep things really, really, really simple. I try to cut it down to the lowest common denominator and figure out from there because I am an observer. I'm a person who listens more than I speak. I look at every situation. I think about how people deal with me and how they deal with me maybe will influence how I deal with them, but not always because there's some people I'm going to like, even though they're bad people in general but I do the best that I can. So you should try to think about that. Uh, what is said about you? Does it bother you to the point of depression, sadness, loneliness, and doubting yourself? Or do when you receive praise, do you go on the high mountain? Do you start waving your flag as though you're the greatest person who ever lived? You have to evaluate those situations. An adult evaluates as praise, this corrective criticism, which is fine. And then a person evaluates when somebody's just trying to tear you down. There's a difference between the two. You got to figure out if somebody trying to build you up or tear you down. And who is it that's doing it? And does it really matter? At the end of the day, does it matter? Can you pay your bills off praise? Can you pay your bills off of negative comments? See, when you podcast, when you're an artist, if somebody does music or art or entertainment, they're going to get a lot of people who are going to come at them from all kinds of angles. And you don't know why they're doing, you don't know their motives, okay? You don't know another human being's motives. So don't try to get in another human being's brain. You don't have the ability to stay out of that industry. It is not for you. It is fake. So if you leave that alone and you can think for yourself, feel for yourself, move for yourself in this world, then you're one step ahead. And well, I appreciate this show. Listening. Before we get to the regular show, I'm going back to dealing with uh, a couple of minutes of a topic, and then I do the show, right? I built this wall brick by brick, and I'm asking you, are you also building your wall, or have you built a wall, and why? Okay, because this is a choice. Building a wall around yourself is a complete and utter choice, hopefully. Hopefully things in life have not turned out to the degree where you feel that you have to build this wall. Now, me personally, in my own humble opinion, I am a master mason, a master stone mason. Not the secret society, not the secret group. I am not a member of that group. If you go back a couple of shows, I stated very clearly that any group that would have me, I would not have them. 
So I am not stating, not lying, not trying to harp on the subject that I am that kind of mason. I am a master mason of building the wall. I've been building the wall for over 50 years. And I know how to plug every hole that comes into that wall. It does not have leaks. It, it is a perfect structure. And it's also the most imperfect structure that's ever been built because I think about it daily. How necessary is it? Okay, because when you build the wall, you isolate. You isolate yourself from other human beings. I am not a person who receives, no, I receive phone calls. I receive text messages. I receive emails, but I do not send texts. I do not send messages. I do not speak to people on certain levels. I don't let people in. You know what? I don't say much. You say, why would a person who does a podcast? But if you've been listening to me, you hear how I talk. I measured with my words. I measured how I talk about people. I measured with how I talk about myself. I've always believed in speak when you're spoken to. People that know me can confirm that. I don't just blurt out and talk all day and all night. It's not what I do. I'm a person who likes to watch and learn. I really have zero trust in other human beings. I trust one person. That's my wife. This is a complete and utter sacrifice. You have to sacrifice the ability to co-mingle with other human beings to be more internalized. This is something that everybody cannot do. You cannot build a wall and tear it down over and over at the same time because that's counterproductive. Either you're going to have it or you're not. I try to give and not take, not to be beholden to other people. I take every single thing that happens to me when another individual is involved personal. It is personal. I don't care if they didn't mean it. It doesn't always mean that it's personal because they want to harm you. It's personal even if they want to build you up or raise you up or help you out. Everything to me is personal. Maybe that's a bad way to go through life thinking, but that's who I am. Once again, I want to state that building that wall, especially if you're a younger person, this is going to be one of the hardest things you ever are going to do. See, I always desired since I was very young to be robotic. I always desired to have everything in order where it was supposed to be each and every time. I, I, I beat myself up when I took things that were out of order, out of place, sloppy, unorganized, disorganized, chaotic. I hate chaos. I don't like to get too high about anything, and I definitely don't like to get too low about anything. So depression, I don't know about manic Happiness, I don't know about. I try to stay on as much of an even keel as I can. When I am weak, I desire to be strong. I try to grab onto something outside of myself, but not another human being. I guess it's spirituality. I guess it's faith to remain strong even in my weakness, but to remain humble because I am not the master of the universe. I am just a member of the world. I like to play the background. 
I don't really like to be in the front ground. But if I do something, I'm not afraid to shine. See, just because you have a wall around you doesn't mean that you don't take accolades, that you don't try to do the best that you can to your abilities. But you just remain humble. You try to forgive and forget. See, but the problem is with that wall, those abilities to remember stay trapped in that wall with you. Now, the forgiveness you can do is the forgetting that's the hard part. The wall that you built around you, if it has a ceiling, it traps in the ability to forget. So you're constantly thinking. You're constantly going over situations. There's no time in my day where I don't go over situations in the past. Even though I can't change them, I'm trying to build on something going future. I hope you do not have to build a wall. I hope that I stated that before. I hope that you have people in your life that you trust, people that you can go speak to, people that will help you in situations where you feel alone. See, that's the difference with me. I've had this wall up for so long that I can be alone but never lonely. I'm not going to play uh, Webster right here. You can look up the two words. Alone and lonely are not the same. They are not the same vibe. They are not the same spirit. They are not the same meaning. They are, to me, totally opposites. I have been around groups of 20, 25 people, yet I was still 100% alone in that crowd because I could not confide. I could not speak to anybody on a deep level. Oh, sure, we talk sports. Sure, we talk news. But I never talked me. I never talked me. They could talk them to me. I know how to keep a secret. Like I said, things, memories stay behind that wall. If you truly have a wall up, you don't spurt out other people's business. You don't gossip. You don't spread rumors. Things stay trapped there. It's a safe. It's a safe haven for you and your thoughts. And if you're trying to tear it down, be slow. Don't open it every brick. Take it down the same way you built it up, brick by brick. Don't just blow the whole damn shed up because if you do, you won't be able to handle the flood that might be coming your way. Now, I appreciate you listening to me. If you're having a problem and your wall makes you feel isolated, depressed, and lonely, Reach out to professional help. It's all right to do that if you feel that it becomes too heavy because carrying those bricks can eventually break your back if you're not built to do that. Some people will never change. I mean, in life, you're growing or you're dying. You're evolving or you're remaining the same. We have to come to terms with who people are. Now, hopefully, I am not talking about you, but I am talking about some people that you may know. Because if I'm talking about you, you're going to think, hopefully, about some things that you need to do so that you're not one of those people who are in the dying mode and not in the growing mode, okay? Because the sword swings both ways on this. You can be not changing, and it could be a very positive thing. Or you can be changing and you can be devolving, which is a very negative thing. You have to figure out what you can tolerate from people as far as them changing and not changing their behavior, their attitudes, their way of living. And you also have to be 
tolerant to yourself. Is what you're doing helping you or what you're doing hurting you? We are rigid. We are stiff. I mean, a lot of us live in the my way or the highway mentality. Is your way the right way? Is your way the best way? Or should you get on that highway? I mean, there's just some things to think about. We have to also learn, and none of this is, don't take it as me telling you what to do. I apologize for that up front. I'm never telling you what to do. It's your life. You live it to the best of your abilities. You don't need some knucklehead stranger telling you. I'm just a seed. That's all I'm, a very tiny seed to make a person think about some things. We should live and let live. We should really learn to live and let live. Because we have to understand some people are scared of drawbacks. Some people are discomfortable with failures. They're not willing to take any risk. They have no foresight. They have no faith. They want to stay safe. They want to stay comfortable. They just don't have the courage to actually go out there and do some things that will either make their lives better, change their lives for the whole well, anything. They just want to stay in their cubbyhole, and they're good with that. They're good with their low-paying job. They're good with an abusive relationship. They're good with life as it is. Because we have to take risk versus reward in all situations. Everything should be a risk versus reward. If you think it out, weigh it, balance your scale. What is the risk? What is the reward if I do X, Y, or Z? Now, a person who sits around and blames their environment, they're blaming other people. They're waiting on a better opportunity or for themselves to bottom out. Uh, those are people who seriously need to make changes. If you're blaming outside forces, you're waiting for the bottom to fall out. So you're waiting for complete and utter pain before you make changes in your life. That is just foolish because a lot of us suffer just for the lack of knowledge. There are things out there that we can do to make our lives better, but we refuse to take the time to study to do our due diligence, to look into issues, circumstances, and ways and means to make things better. You know, a know-it-all will never seek help. A know-it-all will never seek help. Do not be the know-it-all. Be humble enough to know that there are things that you do not know, the things that you have not experienced, and things that you need to learn. Because think about this just for a second. The scorpion and the frog, we have all heard the story. The scorpion needed a ride. The frog was hesitant to give him a ride across that lake. But the frog did it against his better judgment. And that's why you got to think about some people will never change. You got to use your better judgment. That frog and that scorpion both lost. The frog lost because he was being too kind. The scorpion lost because he didn't give a rat's ass about himself or anybody else. He just went with his nature. Uh, so we have to think about, are we willing to change? Are we willing to do better? Are we willing to move forward in this life so that we don't have things that hold us back 
and that mostly what holds us back is ourselves. So just think about that for a minute, if you can. And if you get one of these people in your life and they're unwilling to make changes, they're unwilling to give up addictions, they're unwilling to give up uh, lifestyle choices that are sending them back and forth to prison and you're tired of putting money on people's commissary or going to visit them in hospitals because they're always getting into dangerous situations, then you got to think about, should you let them go? Should you move forward with life without them? Are they better off actually having people drop them so that they can now hit that bottom that they need to hit, that they should never have to go that low so that they can make some changes? And once again, I'm hoping that none of these people are you in particular. I hope this just is me talking about somebody outside. But we know all these people. Everybody who's listening to me right now knows some individuals like this who are not willing to really put in the work and effort to change. So I'm going to move on to the